that's what I hope my legacy will be is that I spoke truth to power. I was able to bridge the gap and bring people together. And I was also able to get results done. My name's Johnny Reinhardt, and I've lived in Southwest Michigan most of my life. It's such a wonderful community full of so many great things, but the best part is the people, families, history, and especially the stories that make it great. And with every story, you have to start somewhere. This is Start From The Beginning, stories from Southwest Michigan. Welcome to another episode of Start From The Beginning. Today, my guest is Trenton Bowens. I'm really excited for you to hear some of his stories. We talk about life, community, his work in the city of Benton Harbor when he was on the city commission and now Benton Harbor School Board. He's also the founder of Neighbors Organizing Against Racism. He's a very active person in his community. I'm glad he took a little bit of time to slow down and chat with me about all of those things. So let's start from the beginning with Trenton Bowens. Trenton, I'm so excited to chat with you and learn more uh, about you because I know you've done some uh, great things in the community and continue to do so. So welcome. Thank you so much, um, John, for having me. Um, it's such an honor. You know, you see it on social media. You hear about the podcast when you're listening to the radio station. So I consider it an honor and a privilege to even be a guest today. Thank you so much. Well, I, I consider it an honor as well uh, to be able to chat with you because I know uh, for many years you've been doing some cool things. Uh, but let's, like the, the show's called, let's start from the beginning. Tell me a little bit more about uh, where you came from, how, how you got, uh, you know, did you grow up here in our community or did you move here when you were a kid? You know, it's, I, I'm an Army brat, so okay. I've stayed in Iowa, New York, Missouri, Wisconsin, um, I've been all over and wow. I've got to see all different walks of life. So my dad was in the army reserve. Okay. Um, Bitten Harbor was actually, when I was a little kid, we used to vacation out in sodas. Oh, and we thought sodas. My aunt had five acres on Pipestone Creek, but in her backyard. And we thought that was Bitten Harbor. I was growing up in the suburbs of Detroit as a community called St. Clair Shores. And, um, my mom was like, we're moving to Bitten Harbor. So we're thinking we're moving out to the country and sure. Pipestone Creek and everything. And we ended up moving into a rough neighborhood, Pavone in Bitten Harbor. And my mom was like, one thing I want you guys to know, it's not where you live, it's how you live. And I was supposed to be in Bitten Harbor for two years and it's been 20 years now. Wow. You know, I've never heard anybody utter the phrase, I'm going to vacation in SOTUS. It was, you know, it was little kids and you couldn't tell us nothing. Sure. The only thing I do remember was the well water was nasty. <laughs> the Pipestone Creek went into my aunt's backyard and we would go play in the creek. Fourth of July, we got the fireworks at the river. It was like a little paradise. And that's where we vacationed at. That's what life was for us. We didn't know we were, we thought it was Bitten Harbor. <laughs> right. You know, it's funny because I grew up uh, just a short drive, uh, a few miles away from Pipestone Creek. So the, I, I I totally agree with you. It is like paradise because we lived out in the middle of nowhere uh, and it was it was considered Sodus Township, but it's uh, it's also on Eau Claire ad address. And we went to school at Eau Claire. 
So it's yes. uh, we probably at some point probably could have crossed paths uh, down in the Pipestone Creek area. And so you then your mom said, uh, so was your family then done with the military? And that's when you guys decided to move to Benton Harbor or what, where did that story my, begin? My grandfather started getting ill with his health mm-hmm. and then they decided to move us. To, uh, my mom wanted to be close to help my aunt. And she ended up getting ill and passing. And what came two years, my grandpa outlived a lot of his children and everything. And we've been stuck here. I was only supposed to be here for two years. I wanted to study theology and mm-hmm. I was going to be here in and out. Um, I was actually trying to move back to Detroit to go to school back there and high school to graduate from Detroit. But it was, um, I guess, meant to be. I fell in love with Bitten Harbor. Yeah. And the potential that Bitten Harbor has and the opportunity that I was able to take advantage of in Bitten Harbor, I don't think I would have been able to in other communities. And so what was it like um, growing up uh, as, as I guess you'd say, a military brat and bouncing around from community to community? What was that like for you growing up? You know, I, I, I miss it when I was a little mm-hmm. kid. I hated it because you would get friends and then you would move and you would have to start all over in one school district. Mm-hmm. You were learning about chickens in Iowa. We were learning about chickens and yeah. farming and mission New York. We were learning about the lakes, um, the great lakes and everything in Canada. And you got to experience different cultures and different walks of life. Um, and it, it was more, open and inclusive in those neighborhoods and growing up and everything. And it opened you up to another world that other individuals you see that you work with are not exposed to. Right. And when you, when, when your parents said, Hey, we're moving to Benton Harbor, did you, like you said, were you hoping that you would go back to that middle of the country or were you okay with where you ended up coming uh, into Benton Harbor? You know, we were little, Mm-hmm. And I was in the fifth grade, no, sixth grade. Okay. I, I was in the sixth grade and I, we cried for days. <laughs> Me and my brothers and sisters, we cried because we was like, not another move. Yeah. And then, you know, the stigma, stigma bitten harbor has, it's rough. They're going to eat you up. Sure. And, you know, I grew up, it was a culture shock when I moved to bitten harbor. I grew up listening to the Hanson, Spice Girls, 98 Degrees, um, Green Bay. You know, I grew up listening to that. (laughs) Uh, I wasn't worried about, I didn't know my culture. And when my mom was like, we're moving to Bitten Harbor, um, we cried and we didn't know what to expect. So when did those those tears go away and you saw uh, more of a, this is a, an opportunity for me to to learn more and to, uh, like you said, the, I think many of us were shaped by our experiences and especially those experiences early on in our lives. Um, when did those tears go away? You know, believe it or not, it would have when I was in the ninth grade, um, I got a job. And I was working with the local newspaper, The Bitten Spirit, mm-hmm. and the lady was running for state rep and I got involved. Um, I just kept on. I remember telling my mom, I want to graduate in Detroit, move me to stay mm-hmm. with my aunt that stays in Detroit. I want to go to school in the high school and everything. And I, you know, it was a tough adjustment for me. Um and so my ninth grade year, I was able to w- realize and see the potential mm-hmm. Bitten Harbor has and the influence in 
in service that I can do to help Bitten Harbor. So you were already thinking about ways that you could uh, not just be a follower and see, you know, where where your path goes. You were carving your own path and looking at ways that, okay, I can be in a position of not just having something, you know, whatever happened, I'm actually going to make change and, and see what I can do. And you were doing that at an early age. Yes. You know, I got active at the age of 14 or 15. Um, back then we had a program called youth in government and mm -hmm. I was the leader of that. Then I started working on uh, back then, former mayor, Wilsey cook. Gosh, you're making me feel old. Now I've lived <laughs> through three, four mayors in Bitten Arbor. Um, I was able to work with mayor, honorable, the late honorable mayor, Wilsey mm -hmm. cook. And I was on his mayor advisory council. I was working with him on, um, his community initiatives and campaigns and everything of that nature. I had no idea I wanted to go into politics. I wanted to go become a theologist. Um, mm -hmm. I believed in, I was very religious, very conservative. Um, and then in politics, I started working on my boss's campaign. She was running for state rep back then. And I was working on her campaign. And then I said, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And I kept on getting involved. I kept going to the um, city commission meetings, watching school board meetings, listening and reading minutes and everything. And I started watching Hardball on MSNBC back then um, with Chris Matthews. And my mom was like, Tear this, turn this off, turn this off. You're obsessed <laughs> with it. And um, she, my mom didn't know back then, after that, a couple of years later, Hillary Clinton was running for president. Mm -hmm. and, and this was when she was running for against Barack Obama. I was, I believe, a senior in high school and i was taking my work check and i was donating it to hillary clinton and my mom was like you're donating to hillary clinton but you're not paying no bills you got this mixed up so i said okay um i then said i wanted to take my first jump into political fray and that was in 2009 and i lost um against mayor marcus muhammad we, i ran against him for city commissioner it was embarrassing i only got like 37 votes and i knew in the middle i wasn't gonna win so i stopped putting money in and i stopped doing whatever i needed to do stop wasting it then in 2011 i decided to run again and i became elected with 65 percent of the vote um people see my action they seen me working with if it was for against the emergency manager law, mm -hmm. volunteering with the young people, mentoring, they see my action and they trusted me and believed in me. So I ended up taking advantage of that. And as a city commissioner, I ended up getting sick during my term. So I had to resign. But one thing I did bring to the table, it failed then, but it was the city income tax. Mm. And everybody was not aware of that. And everybody's like, oh, gosh, they're trying to tax our hard-earned money. And, you know, right. it was a, a lot of hoopla. Um, then you look at it now. That city income tax is responsible now for fixing some of the lead lines, fixing the streets in Bitten Harbor. And that's how you impact change. You educate, you motivate, and you tell people, if not now, then what? You look at where we are now and what we're doing now. And if it wasn't for the Honorable Mayor Marcus Muhammad's leadership and getting that passed, would our streets be as good as they are now in Benton Harbor? You know, we have an infrastructure. We have housing issues and everything, health inequities. We have so much that we needed to work on that we have not done yet. 
And Benton Harbor community reminds me, if you can impact change by pushing for investment, you can be as successful. When someone tells you no, keep going and don't let that no be your final answer. Yeah. And I mean, you could have easily, when you ran that first time and only got, what'd you say, 37 votes, you could have easily given up and and said, okay, all right, I lost. This is not for me. Maybe I need to do something else. But you kind of dug your feet in and said, no, I'm going to, I feel what I'm doing is right. And I feel like I'm on the right path. I'm going to continue this and, and continue to make change. Um, and it worked out and, and you did that. And so what made you decide to, to not give up? Well, you know, I was always raised at a young age and my mom's probably going to kill me, but I'm going to say this. Um, my mom and dad went through a divorce at a young age mm. and I was raised by a single mother and my mom never gave up on us. And I could never give up because my mom taught us about keep going, walk with your head held high. And if you fall, get back up. You know, even with my life, you know, being an army brat, I was an asthmatic, um, being in different climates and everything, you get, I was real sick. And if I would have gave up, I probably wouldn't have not been alive. And you just can't give up. You have to, keep going no matter what they say, what the haters say. Um, and your critics say there are always going to be critics. There's always going to be mountains to climb. But in the end, you have to, if you have that willpower and that vision, don't let no one alter that and keep going. What's something that, that excites you right now? Obviously, uh, you continued to uh, do stuff with uh, the city, and then uh, now you're uh, doing stuff with the Benton Harbor School Board, uh, and then also uh, your uh, neighbors organizing against racism. All of those things that you're, you're keeping yourself uh, very busy and active in the community. What's the thing that excites you the most right now? Well, you know, it's the people of Benton Harbor and St. Joe, Bering County. It's the people of Bering County. You know, we're becoming a more progressive community, whether that's a good thing or not. We're coming more acceptable. I remember back in 20, gosh, I feel old saying this. I think it was 20, <laughs> 2004, the Out Center was trying to do a float in Blossom Time. Yeah. And they had hell and high water. And the public was pushing back and you know now it's acceptable in our society mm -hmm. if you look at just last year when we marched from st joe to benton harbor mm -hmm. you couldn't tell me 20 years ago 15 years ago that would have been the outcome and we made one statement black lives matter right and you've seen a coalition of how it will look if you're a spiritualist when we get to heaven it's not going to be a black heaven or white heaven. And we were all intertwined. And that gave me hope. And that gave me excitement that the best days are ahead of us in Berrien County. And we are becoming more acceptable. We're becoming more understandable. You know, if you would have told people 10 years ago about systemic racism, they would tell you that you're playing the race card. Mm -hmm. And you would tell them that and black people in Benton Harbor do not live longer than people in St. Joe. They would say you're crazy, but now people are becoming more, I guess you could say woke 
and understanding about sure. the health inequities in Benton Harbor versus St. Joe or the property tax value. People will look at the educational differences and understand that people in Benton Harbor don't wake up wanting to live like this. This is the opportunity that they're handed. 20 years ago, people would not understand that. And that's what gives me excitement that we're becoming more acceptable, more learning, and mm-hmm. we're becoming more engaging as a county. I agree. I agree. Um, and you keep saying you're, you, it makes you feel old. How old are you? I'm 33. 33. Okay. So I was going to say, everything. For a long time now. Everything that you've been saying and, and, and all this stuff, I'm like, this is all the things that I was involved in and talking about and listening to. And I thought, he can't be that much different in age than me because I'm 34. Um, exactly. So, and like you said, I mean, yeah, this community, I think, especially with everything that's been going on just in these past couple of years, uh, I think I, I agree with you. I think the community is is more listening and paying attention more than just kind of looking the other way when it comes to a lot of different issues and things. They're actually saying, let's have the conversation about many different things. Let's put it out on the table uh, instead of just, well, maybe something will just figure itself out or fix itself uh, in many different aspects, uh, especially that's affecting our community because we know, and and you're a perfect example of you can't make change unless you actually roll your sleeves up and, and make something happen and not give up when you think that, okay, times are tough. Maybe people aren't listening. You know, you just keep going. Yes, that's and, exactly yes. And so what's the, the biggest challenge that you've faced in life so far? far? Obviously... There have been a lot of different things that are moving to different communities and then now being in this community uh, for what you thought was to a couple of years, but then now has become uh, many more years beyond that because of you've, you've seen all that stuff that, that needs to happen and you want to be part of it. What's the biggest challenge you've faced so far in your life? You know, one of the biggest challenges that I've faced and that I, you know, even today, and I guess it's a part of life, and this is a moment of honesty, um, you're dealing with a lot of fighting and fighting. Mm-hmm. People want us to remain stagnant. And the best way to remain stagnant in our community is we fight against each other and not for the greater good. Um, and that's been one of the most hardest things I've had to deal with. Um, You know, with my neighbors organizing against racism, I'm considered, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of white people. They say my followers are a lot of white people or dealing with the school district. And when Mm -hmm. I'm not voting a certain way, they're saying I'm a sellout. It's dealing with the criticism when people can't see the bigger picture. And sometimes you ask yourself, do we want to remain stagnant and no progress? Or what are you doing? I'm learning now that it does not affect me. And you would think of being in politics and everything for over 15 years now. um, I should know better and able to do better. But it's one of the biggest things. It's like you're criticizing me, but you're not bringing nothing to the table. Mm -hmm. And you're just wanting things to remain stagnant and the way they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen that with uh, especially there's been a lot of – problems or a lot of uh, people protesting when it comes to uh, 
the masking in the schools and and different decisions that are being made uh, by school boards. I mean, like we said, I mean, people are paying attention, um, but like you said, they're they're having more and more uh, arguments with things. But if they're not bringing anything to the table and actually having a conversation, then I mean, sometimes you wonder what are they what are they trying to accomplish when you know. Uh, on your side, what you're trying to accomplish and what you're trying to do and what you your decisions, how your decisions are being made. But it almost seems like sometimes people don't want to listen to that stuff. And when you actually want to come with, here's my facts and opinions and the reason I came to this decision. But sometimes people don't want to listen to that. What do you say it's, when people don't want to do that? Correct. They look at their way. It's mm-hmm. their way or the highway. Yeah. Um, they don't want to work with you know, they want you to see how they want to see. And I have to look at the bigger picture yeah. in every way. Yeah. Cause, uh, and I'm sure you, you've opened up the, and I've seen you where you've opened up the, the conversation and say, well, let's talk about that. This is maybe not the place, but let's talk about this afterwards. Uh, and, and sometimes people don't want to discuss those things, but what do you, uh, what do you hope, uh, to accomplish, uh, in our community, say in the next, uh, five to 10 years? Cause I know you've been here for a while, but being a young person like you are, um, you're definitely not old. Uh, I will definitely say that. Uh, what do you like, what would you like to see in our community in, the, in Benton Harbor or in Berrien County here in the next five to 10 years? I would like for Britain Harbor, you know, we have a, a list of issues. We have housing mm-hmm. uh, crisis. We have a housing crisis. Look at our school district. And I'm not speaking on behalf of the board, but I would love to see us have a 21st century state of the art high school um, and school district, school buildings. Um, I would like for us to have quality and affordable housing Um within the next five to 10 years. And part of the thing that I intend to do, um, hopefully I'm retired from public life then, um, <laughs> but I, I would hope to reach out to other organizations like Habitat for Humanity and um, it's uh, Inner City Christian Federation and Grand Rapids and help increase the home ownership mm-hmm. here in Bitten Harbor. Um I would like for us to become a more diverse. I'm glad to see on the county, we have three African-Americans representing those communities. I would like to see an Indian or a Muslim. You know, I want us to be a progressive accepting community. And I want us to stop getting scared when you hear progressivism because people think it's liberalism. No, it's not. It's more accepting and more realistic. And I think that's what I want us to see in the county in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing when uh, when you have the conversation about, you know, if somebody says, let's talk about racism. And the, the first thing that a lot of people will say is, well, I'm not a racist. And that's not the answer they should be giving, right? Correct. Correct. That's a red flag. Anytime somebody tells me that I'm not a racist, red flag, that was a key word for me. <laughs> that's a red flag. So, yes. Yeah, we've seen a lot of those red flags. Uh, uh, that that seems to be a popular thing all over social media. And what do you do? You, what do you say about what would you say about social media? Do you like social media as a whole and as a tool or do you sometimes think it's a, a hindrance? And maybe instead of that, instead of talking on social media, we should just go and do something about it. Well, you know, John, I'm glad you said you're 34 years old Mm -hmm. because back in me and your day, we didn't have social media until we got older. 
we had to watch a real world on MTV or mm-hmm. VH1, TBS. Remember TBS beans and cornbread? Oh yeah. All of those things. You know, we didn't have social media. I do think social media has been a good thing. I'm, you know, full disclosure, I'm adopted. And I met my biological family off of social media. And I sent them a Facebook message. I said, hey, hello. Mm-hmm. Is such and such your uncle? And they're like, yeah, who the hell are you? I'm like, oh, I'm his long lost son. And they was like, wow, they drove up to Britain Harbor to see me. So there wow. is positive in social media. Yeah. But I also think it distracts and takes away interpersonal Mm. communication um you have kids when i was growing up kids did not have cell phones and if you did have a cell phone you were in high school and it was big and one of those hot dog cell phones um you see kids on tablets and Mm -hmm. playing tiktok and everything and youtube and everything when i was growing up and we were growing up we were playing monopoly and life board games we knew how to play fun we were playing house and kids in a society now is missing that Mm -hmm. but the benefit is social media when Bitten Harbor had its water break, main break. The way we were able to communicate with the individuals was the power of social media. Right. So it's a plus and a negative. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I, you know, when I retired from public life, I said, I'm going to take a three month hadius off of social media yeah. and just enjoy life as normal. I don't know if you remember when Facebook was down a couple of days, months, weeks ago. It's, I do. And it was, it was, we were normal again. We were able to, we had to interact with each other. We were able to talk with each other, not right on Facebook walls and everything or Twitter and tweet. Well, you could still go on Twitter, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. about that sense of normalcy, like, Oh my gosh, this reminded me of going back in the chat rooms and stuff in the late two thousands. Yeah. I almost looked up my password for AOL instant messenger. I know that doesn't exist anymore, but it's like, you know, you're right. And I even said when that was happening, Maybe this should happen more often, whether it's us doing that ourselves and, and you know, giving our own social media break. Um, I think it's necessary. I, I even was talking about it today about maybe instead of uh, the Facebook, we should uh, go use the phone book every once in a while and actually talk to people on the phone and have good conversations uh, through that or just go and and see people but i i do agree that it it is a tool a great communication tool to get information to the community and especially with with the water and the water not working and 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 anything of of that immediate response that is needed and getting the information out immediately uh is certainly a very useful tool so uh, i'm sure it's it's definitely something that's great when it comes to that um what do you hope um your your legacy i guess would be as a young person that you are but what are you hoping that what you're doing what's your hope for your legacy in this community my legacy i hope the legacy that i leave is that i overcame obstacles Mm -hmm. um i inspired i motivated and i educated individuals in Bitten Harbor. You know, John, full disclosure, I have a disability and nobody really knows that. I have a severe tremor issue and I'm always shaking and everything. And I could get away from public and hide myself Mm. in the house and not get involved in everything due to the embarrassment of that. But I still push forward. Sure. And that's what I hope my legacy will be is that I spoke truth to power. 
I was able to bridge the gap and bring people together. And I was also able to get results done. That's great. And I love that you're, uh, you're telling me so much about you and I'm, I'm loving learning more about you and having this good conversation. And it sounds like uh, from what we were saying before is that your mom has given you great advice uh, over the years. What was, what's that one piece of advice uh, that someone has given you, given you that you are now passing on to other people? You don't have kids right now, right? I have a dog. That's it. Okay. Um, no kids. You know, I when I was little and I came to Bitten Harbor, um, I experienced harassment, bullying, and teasing. I talked with a thick accent. They used to ask my niece, um, sister, and brothers, was I from London? Because my <laughs> accent was so thick and everything. Um, I was thrown in the trash can growing up at the school and everything. And it was a traumatic experience for me. Mm -hmm. But I always tell my niece, you know, when I see kids are picking with them, I always I stole this from the help. I said, you got to look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself you are smart, you are cute, and no one can tell you different. And if you don't believe in yourself, no one will believe in you. And that's what I pass down to younger generations. I love that. I love that. And and so you've kind of told me a lot of uh, even some things that people may not know about you, but what is something uh, that someone should know about you, whether when they first meet you or just you hope that they they remember you about something? I'm a go-getter. Um, I can tell. Yeah, I'm a go-getter. I hope they can realize when I believe in something, I'm going to stick to it. And I believe in getting results. Now, you may not agree with how I get results. But I'm going to get results one way or another. And I hope that's it. Definitely, definitely. Um, and so what would, if you were to say, um, title uh, an autobiography, I know obviously you're at that point in life that maybe you don't need to think about it just yet. But what would you title an autobiography right now? Well, it's kind of funny. This is a question. Mm-hmm. Because I have a book out that's kind of my autobiography, but now I have to update it and I'm getting ready to work on that. Okay. Um, but it would be called Victimized with a Testimony. Okay. Why is that? Well, as I, you know, I, I've come from a mother that was a substance abuse user back in the day, and then I was adopted. And I experienced a traumatic experience of being bullied, teased, and everything. I was victimized. I suffered from low self-esteem, depression, rejection, mm -hmm. and I was victimized. And then I overcame those obstacles and it became my testimony. And that's where it, it becomes my autobiography. I may have been a victim, but now it's my testimony and I'm able to inspire and motivate other individuals. I like that. I love that you've taken uh, the experiences in your life, whether they be good or bad, and you've channeled them into uh, into change and into lessons learned. What's uh, what's next for you? I mean, you're doing you've been doing so much and you've continued to do so much. What's next for you in the future? 
Well, right now I I have two big projects coming up. Um, I'm releasing a documentary. Hopefully, it will be out in February um, about Bitten Harbor and St. Joe and you know the racial divide and how come we've come. It's called Bitten Harbor: The Hope, the Pain, the Story. Um, and then you know in February, I my organization that I lead, Neighbors Organizing Against Racism, mm-hmm. we will be honoring June Woods. June Woods was a slave that fought in two wars, the Indian War and the, another war, I believe, um, the Slave War. Mm-hmm. And um, he came to Bitten Harbor. He was a business owner. He planted a lot of trees in Bitten Harbor. Well, I just found out that June Woods does not have a tombstone. Really? And we're going to be raising funds and purchasing him a tombstone, but also a goal to commit within the next two years of planting 100 trees in his honor. And in our upcoming Juneteenth um, parade in 2022, we'll be having a float and it will be a tribute to him. I love that. Wow. That's amazing. I'm I'm excited uh, to to continue uh, this uh, this new friendship. I think we have have started uh, with the great things that you're doing in the community, and I've gotten to know more about you. Not being able to have a conversation with you before, now we have got uh, so many great things that we have learned about each other, and I am looking forward to more things uh, from you in the future. And I appreciate you so much uh, for taking some time to tell me about uh, your stories. Well, thank you for having me once again, and I'm glad I was able to um, be on here, and I hope it inspires and, you know, people can say, oh, my gosh, you know, this is probably the utmost close and personal sure. I've ever done an interview with, so I'm glad I was able to just chat and talk with you and give you some personal stories and everything. Wonderful, and I hope your mom's not mad at you about anything you said. You know, it's so funny because my mom will call me and say, Trenton, what did you do? Trenton, you need to check that out for Facebook and everything. And I'm like, okay, boss, so yes. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for, for telling your stories. Well, thank you. And you have a great day. And thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Start From The Beginning, Stories From Southwest Michigan. Special thanks to our guests for telling their stories. And if you have a story to tell, I'd love to hear more. Please reach out to me by emailing letstalk at wsjm.com. That's Let's Talk at WSJM.com. You can listen to this podcast and all the episodes wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. This is a Midwest Family Production. I'm Johnny Reinhardt. Join me next time for another great story on Start from the Beginning, Stories from Southwest Michigan.